The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Okay, through 5 on uh, this, the Tuesday edition of the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Your Edmonton Oilers in action tonight taking on the Montreal Canadiens. We'll turn it over to the City Ford Faceoff show at uh, 5.30 this afternoon. Puck drops 7 o'clock tonight. There you go. Hey, Pizza um, night, huh? No, I'm working. Oh, 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 that's right. Yeah, no, I'll catch. I think I have to be at the venue at 8, and I think the show's at 8.30. So I'll catch the first part of the game. I'll mm. listen to the rest of it in the car in the parking lot until the last possible second, and then I'll go in and find out later how it turned out. So You don't PVR it at home? No, mm. I, I can't do that because I, you know... Yeah, you have to stay. You have to commit to staying. You off really social do, media. and I'm not. I'm not good. for And you that. know what? And we've done so well on it recently. We you managed have? to get through. So Sunday, the uh, New Orleans Saints were were playing at eleven o'clock in the morning. Mm. Well. We were at the Remembrance Day services, then we went for lunch and came home, had a nap. We got through all of that without finding out that the Saints had uh, spanked that team that they were playing, which was awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. What what team were they playing? Yeah, good question. I can't all remember right, right great. Now. Yeah. It didn't matter. My Saints won. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't know if you saw this story. Actually, I do know that you saw this story, but I don't know if it you know registered with you at all. But... You know, have you ever had one of those situations where your whole life you've wondered why they do things the way they do them, and then somebody goes, hey, we should do it differently, and you think, man, I should have spoken up 30 years ago, but of course nobody would have listened to me. But we don't have to do this for a long time, but it's just an interesting thing that's happening down in the United States, and it may spread to Canada down the road, and it's about Mm, credit scores, scores, right? And I've always wondered about this, and I'll bet you I'm not alone, that when you sit uh, in front of a bank... Uh, manager mm-hmm. or a, a loans officer, mm-hmm. and they tell you through you know whatever algorithm they use or whatever formulas that you don't qualify for a mortgage or a car loan or whatever it is. And oftentimes you hear yourself say, and I'll bet you a lot of our listeners yeah. have said this, but I've never, I've never uh, walked away from a debt. I've never missed a payment. I've never, you know, I don't understand. And you think, shouldn't your credit history be based? on something other than debt. Shouldn't it be based on your ability? How you manage your, how how you you manage manage your money. money, right? Yeah. Like, in other words... How if, it comes in and out. Right, like if I've never gone fun. into debt, mm-hmm. shouldn't I be a better credit risk than someone who's gotten in trouble with debt, right? Um, but, you know, it has to be mathematically sound. And up until now, that's how the banks have always done it and institutions that loan money. They've always taken a mm-hmm. look at, you know, how have you handled debt in the past and how much debt can you possibly incur moving forward? So it's always based on debt, right? And I know I'm simplifying it a little bit it's here. Like your ability to pay it off. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like they'll, you know, when you go to take another, you know, take a mortgage out, they might look at your credit cards and say, well, you could borrow $100,000. So once again, they're thinking in terms of debt, right? They're not thinking in terms of your history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now uh, there's one company, and it's a fairly important company, uh, Fair Isaac Corp., which is known as FICO. They're the company that created basically the FICO score, which is used by everybody. And they're coming up with something called an ultra FICO score. They're mm-hmm. going to try it, um, a sort of a, you know, a, what, what do you call that, a trial project where they will they will attempt to give 
regular people an ultra FICO score based not on what they borrowed in the past or how they repaid it, but on how they manage money in general. How it flows in, how right. it flows out, yeah. And, and you know, how you're able to budget mm-hmm. for your day-to-day mm-hmm. living expenses, right? Now, there's a big catch to this, though, <laughs> and the big catch is in order to get an ultra FICO score, you'll have to sign up yeah. with FICO and agree to let them see your bank uh, statements because otherwise they wouldn't know how money's flowing properly or improperly, right? So you're giving up a, a, a large degree of privacy here. But to give you an example, uh, current credit uh, rating models recommend borrowers who use a low percentage of what they can take out on revolving credit accounts, such as credit cards and lines of credit. It means that someone with three credit cards, each with a $10,000 limit and a $3,000 outstanding balance, has a better credit score than someone earning earning the same identical income Mm. who has a $600 balance on only a $1,000 card. And I know when we've talked to Kelly Keene before about this, she's talked about these algorithms where you have, uh, well, I'll take it, Uh, I have a $500 credit card, Mm -hmm. you have a $50,000 credit card, um, you owe twenty thousand and haven't been able to pay it off. Mm-hmm. I owe four hundred dollars. I'm considered the bad credit mm-hmm. risk mm-hmm. because four, you know, eighty percent of my yeah, credit yeah. card has yeah. not been paid off. Whereas you owe far more money than me. So I like this system, uh, and I like this idea. And, and they say that if people who sign up, mm-hmm. uh, they'll see seven out of ten consumers their credit will go up. Yeah, who show average savings of $400 without going into overdraft for three months will see a credit score boost. Isn't that something? Yeah. It estimates there's 15 million consumers who currently don't have a regular FICO score would get an ultra FICO score that would help them moving forward. So again, this is in America and there's... um No word yet on if this ultra FICO score will make it into Canada. Yeah. Um, Equifax told Global News it's too early to share specific details on new scores. And then TransUnion, the other one, said, uh, oh, well, they just didn't respond. Right. So this texter, uh, they don't want to see how you manage your money. They want to see how well you've managed your debt. That's right, Sebastian. But what FICO is suggesting is there's Mm -hmm. a better way to look at Mm -hmm. it. Those individuals who were able to you know, go on trips and put their kids to university and have a home. Save $400 and right. not go into overdraft. And did it without having to, to yeah. borrow, right? And and without having, and that's the other thing, credit bureaus this, look at how you borrow, right? Like a, a line of credit has a different credit rating than a credit card as does, a, you know. Does everybody have overdraft? No. No. And, and you know, yeah. Why do you ask? Not everyone does. I do. No, I'm just curious. Account. Yeah, I yeah. Um, because I can remember years back when I first um, they gave me an overdraft. I thought I'm not sure necessarily that's a good idea. Well, uh, you know, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate it, and it's not like I lived in overdraft or anything like that. I just kind of. Well, I guess I it's nice to have a little bit of wiggle room. But yeah, I did, but the problem is no one. Well, I shouldn't say no one, but people don't tend to use an overdraft as wiggle room. They tend to use it as available cash. Yeah. So yeah. you know, when you have a thousand dollar overdraft, you'll find yourself stopping just short of getting to that $1,000 limit every month. If you didn't have it, you'd find yourself stopping just short of getting to zero. Yeah. Right? It's just a a mindset. It is interesting, though, because I've never agreed with credit. And anyone who's self-employed, and I'm thinking real estate agents, for example, entertainers Mm -hmm. for sure, Mm -hmm. where you say, well, 
think of this. Like, I haven't had a stable job in 20 years and never missed a payment on anything. But I don't rate up there, or didn't until I got this job. Um, I don't rate up there with people who've gone heavily into mm-hmm. debt, who've declared bankruptcy more than seven years ago, who've, you know, who are carrying far more than they can pay because it's based on debt. It's an interesting idea, and it's far down the road, but I'm glad they're starting to look at it. Hey, Jalen and I. And you're gross. We were just talking about uh, credit. Yeah. <laughs> and about how to, you know, FICO and this ultra FICO and, and, and how people spend their money. So how about this story about millennials? Do I need to say more? There was a couple of stories about millennials today. <laughs> this one really made me laugh. Spending all sorts of money on their animals. That's right. Uh, apparently, uh, millennials are treating pets like their firstborn child. And this would be because millennials find it harder yeah, but, to move out of the house sooner. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think it's just millennials who do that. No, it isn't definitely. It, it definitely isn't. But although the statistics would suggest mm. um, that, you know, it's it's being driven. According to Nielsen by millennials, according to Nielsen, annual household spending on pet food among pet owners has increased by 36% between 2007 and 2017, primarily because, um, and they say millennials, are buying new brands of food, the which pricey pet food. Yeah, the average cost of pet food in the states has gone from a dollar seventy-one yep. a pound uh, back in two thousand eleven to two fifty-five a pound by the end of two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. Like gluten-free food for dogs. Human-grade snacks, including Rachel Ray's nutritious brand, which uses high-end ingredients and even sells, like you just said, gluten-free mm-hmm. meals for pets. What do you feed your dogs? Our, our dogs are on a on a higher end uh, dog food because of uh, age. Well, be, in the- uh, because um, the breeder where we got Bo Breeze from, that's what she um, fed and recommended. Um, but we had learned a lot about some of the lower end uh, dog food, especially ones with the uh, food coloring in it and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, when we had our old dogs. So it was re- recommended to kind of take it up a notch or, or a couple of notches. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's um, expensive stuff. It's expensive, but it's not crazy expensive. It, it's It would be, you know, middle ground. But Well, yeah. we buy our cat food at Walmart Yeah, for the most part. Sometimes at pet is it do you do you is it um dry oh dry okay. yeah we don't do the moist uh, out of the can um, cat food that I used to feed yeah. my cat so I've actually gone the other way when I was a kid that's yeah. what you had those cans right yep. and you know you'd look at the can and go oh she had turkey yesterday I better give her beef today yeah. or whatever um, our cats get the exact same food once a day uh, and it's those dry little bits yep. and our cats are always healthy mm-hmm. we never have a problem related to food at least yeah. we've certainly had other you know struggles but yeah we found when our uh, older dogs um before so neil and, and teddy and and pepper when they got a little bit older some of the the kibble was a little bit especially neil because he was having some tummy issues uh was just a little too rough on his tummy so we had to switch to some soft mm-hmm. dog food for for him i think he thought he was in paradise it was, <laughs> what is this after 12 years well it's funny because our cats have they don't really have all that much of an interest in what you would consider to be higher end food. Like if you leave a plate out, yeah, you know the cats will sniff it, and yeah. you know if there's a little bit of steak left, you know what I mean. They, they have no interest, with the possible <laughs> exception of donuts. 
My, Which I've never understood. My first husband thought it was just um, a shame that um, our dogs, at that time, Neil, the Brittany, and Ted, the Big Ding Dong, had to eat the same food over and over again. And so he would make a gravy or cook up some chicken or do whatever. They weren't allowed just to have dry dog food. And it got to the point where, <laughs> especially Neil, the one, he would not eat the food if it wasn't on there. He's like, ah. Mm. Really? No. He would like a hunger food. strike. Yeah, he would. He would, yep, I'm not doing this. No. And we find now with uh, with the two, with the old girl and uh, with Beau Breeze, that we just put a little, uh, we just crumble up one little, there's liver treats, and we just crumble one up and, and, and that's it. And that's enough to get, uh... to, to get them going. But I'm serious, at, at one point, I mean, so why did we have to do that in our heads? They were eating that food fine all along. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, no, they need a little bit of, of you know, Cookie dust, so they'll. Right. Come well, if on. you start them off on dry food, they'll stay on dry right? food, right? Because yeah. yeah, if they've never tasted yeah. steak, burgers yeah. taste pretty good. We we've had actually really good news from one of our cats this week, which I didn't even think was possible. But Angus, the diabetic, the diabetic is no longer diabetic. Yeah. Well, maybe has he been exercising and eating properly? He's looking great. I'll tell you that. But he's been eating. He's Carol or the kids, but mostly Carol has been giving him two shots a day for the better part of, I think, a couple of mm. years now. That's just... And if, if we go away, whoever looks after the house has to be instructed in how and when to give these needles mm-hmm. to this cat. And so it's a lot of effort on her part, right? Um, but as a result of, you know, some weight gain or loss or whatever... Oh, and a sneeze. He was, uh, he was sneezy. So he got taken to the vet, and they said, well, stop the insulin because... He's, He's not, no longer diabetic. Huh? So you're actually adding problems to this cat at this Yeah, point. well, if you're, yeah, if... If he's not right. diabetic and you're giving him insulin, right. there's an issue there. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even think that was a possibility, though. I thought once diabetic, you're always diabetic. Well, no. In humans, um, mm. type 2 diabetes can be reversed with proper uh, exercise, weight loss, that. food. Yeah. Type 1, not no. Type 2, though, is more kind of brought on by a lifestyle. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Well, the only other shocking piece of news with regard to diabetes is that I don't have it. Although I haven't been checked lately, but... With my eating habits, how is that even possible? I mean, look at me. Shouldn't I be a diabetic? <laughs> Does diabetes run in your family at all? Yes, my dad was a diabetic, mm-hmm. and so was my brother Bob. Or so is my brother Bob, I believe. Type 1 or type 2? No idea. We don't. We didn't talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a goofball. No, I'm just honest. Oh, I feed my dog beef jerky treats. Uh, cook for my dogs. Never been sick. One is 14 and 12. Food doesn't keep pets alive longer. It's the love we give them. Oh, is that a fact? Better food, you feed less poop and less vet bills. There's, uh, well, because there's, uh, there's folks out there that do that raw food diet for the for dogs, especially. That is just, it's it's raw food. So you give them, <laughs> you know, burger and chicken or whatever it is, because they also say with their deposits, yes, there's fewer of them, and they just kind of dry up and. Powder away, fly away. Well, I think some of our listeners in one form or another have pointed this out, but this has always sort of been my theory on what you feed your pets anyways, particularly dogs. Um, Jack, same thing. He was on a moist 
or not not moist. It was dry dog food as well, but it wasn't quite hard dog yeah, food, so right? Yeah, a little softer. Yeah, a little softer. That's the word I was looking for. But what he enjoyed the most, uh, sneaking into the laundry room <laughs> and eating the cat poo. So, <laughs> you know, when you're like, uh, listen, I think he's really going to like this. Well, have you seen what else he eats? Because <laughs> The rabbit smarties. <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, the funniest piece of information on that is when you go to a vet and say, listen, this has got to stop. And I don't even know why... You know why we want to... It just seems wrong, right? Um, we had a vet, not my regular vet, Dr. Bear, who we just love. Um, we had another vet, though, who said, oh, you can actually buy something to sprinkle on the cat poo mm. to make it taste bad. To, to make it taste bad. Well, yeah. So, so it tastes good now? You know, it's, there's actually a, a name, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, for animals that eat their own... Their own? Their own. Oh, or some case. Sick. So... Yeah. Neil, the first Brittany, mm. did that, or really? would he? Yeah, and uh, so yeah, they suggested. Now is that unhealthy? Because that seems convenient. <laughs> Maybe for self, us, we didn't have to clean it up. It's like no, a self cleaning keeps, oven. Just kind of keeps going. Um, and uh, we used to get really mad. He he outgrew it. it tends to happen with, um, if I remember correctly, with really high energy uh, mm. uh, dog breeds. Um, but they had suggested, yeah, or to throw some Tabasco on there, or some some hot sauce, or pick it up. Right? Wow. <laughs> there is that part of it. Quick, but, get the um, hot sauce. There is a wow. name. There is a name for it. That. Um, huh. that some animals will do that. I learned so much doing this show. <laughs> I did. I, I didn't know about the diabetes thing being reversible. I didn't know that that, that was a thing that was common, that dogs can... I do want to look into that a little bit as to whether or not that is actually bad for a dog. Um, what part? The eating the poo part. Well, there's lots of... I'm Googling it right now. Oh, okay. It's like you say, like, uh, that's... Talk about reuse, recycle... What's the third? It's called um, Reduce. Why They Do It. This is normal behavior for mom dogs that must clean up after their babies, and some of the pups may end up mimicking this behavior. It first appears in pups about four to nine months of age, and that's when it happened with Neil. Hmm. Yeah, it's called uh, coprophagia. 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 Yeah. So there you go. Google, Google that one and make sure you clear your, your browser history afterwards. Okay, friends? The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.